Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 54. My name is Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. Hello. I'm Brent. Hello. Oh my, what a week of hockey that we had. Lots to talk about, lots of storylines. Uh, got some suspensions, some big hits, uh, some interesting scores, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're going to go through all the games from last night. We'll do that first and then we'll go over the games that are happening today. There's actually quite a few games on today. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. There was fewer than usual yesterday and more than usual on a Sunday. Yeah, there's seven games on today, which is, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm going to watch some of them. (laughs) Absolutely great. Uh, Of course, we're going to talk about some Seattle stuff, um, touch on Tom Wilson, some streaks, and some interesting stats that I have prepared for you. Very good. Let's start off with the games from last night. All right. We saw the Philadelphia Flyers down the Buffalo Sabres 6-2. I watched that game. And? And point number one, before the game even started, I didn't notice this before. Two American teams playing in Buffalo, they sang the Canadian National Anthem. Did they really? In addition to the American National Anthem. Oh, I'm impressed. Shocker. Now, I've been to one game in Buffalo, but they were playing Ottawa at the time, so they sang the Canadian Anthem as expected. But Mm. I, I didn't know that they sang the Canadian Anthem when two American teams played. Do you think they do that because they're so close to the Canadian border? That would be my first guess. Because it's, because what, a 40-minute drive or something Not like even that. that. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo is right on the Niagara River, and right across the Niagara River is Fort Erie, Ontario. Hmm. And there's a large, uh, I, I wouldn't say there's a large fan base across the river, because they're probably mostly Toronto fans. Probably, yeah. But uh, there are a lot of potential ticket buyers over there, even if they're not fans. It's cheaper to see a game in Buffalo than oh, it yeah. is to go see a game in Toronto. Heck so yeah, yeah. I understand that. Now, the interesting thing about this game is that Buffalo was on a 10-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Now they're on a five-game losing streak mm-hmm. because of this game. Yeah. But if we think back to teams that have been on large winning streaks and large losing streaks, Philadelphia is one of those teams. Two years ago, they went on a 10-game winning streak, missed the playoffs. <laughs> Last year, went on a 10-game losing streak, made the playoffs. Now we have the Buffalo Sabres who've just been on a 10-game winning streak and are on their way to a 10-game losing streak. They're halfway there with five games. That's something. Wouldn't it be interesting to see a team win 10 in a row and then lose 10 in a row? Has that ever happened? I, If it has, I'm not aware. <laughs> that would be just mind-blowing. <laughs> I, I can't even... There's no way it happens, but I mean, yeah. it, it could. We're halfway there. But well, I think Buffalo's anyway. too good to let that happen, but they're too good to let it happen five times. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and they were they got off to a great start in yesterday's game. It was an afternoon game. Jack Eichel scored the first goal. It was a laser shot off the far post. Jack Eichel scored the second goal. Buffalo was up 2 nothing. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and there were some amazing saves on both ends of the oh, ice yeah. in that game. That was a great game. And it was Stolarz and Wilmark, or Elmark, oh, rather, that yeah. were playing. And these were not your A-game goalies, but they were flopping and flipping, and uh, <laughs> they, they were making some excellent saves. Yeah, they were. And, you know, Stolarz looked a little shaky at the beginning because he, he went down 2 nothing. But then he shut the door. He did. And it was uh, really something. Hmm. Really something. Uh, the next game was the Los Angeles Kings and Vegas Golden Knights game. And L.A. won that one 5-1. L.A. is really starting to play some pretty good hockey now that the Quicks, Jonathan Quick is back. He might get some controversy for saying this. And I didn't even like Quick that much. But I think he's probably the best goalie in the in the league. Like here's His lateral movement and his flexibility is, I think, unmatched in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And again... I'm not a huge quick fan. I don't. I think he has a bit of a temper, and I don't like that. But anyway. you don't like temper in a goalie? Not, not, <laughs> not whiny temper like quick. Like he, yeah. he's, I don't know. It's, I get almost an entitled 
feeling from Quick. He just breaks a lot of sticks and he gets, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, it was a pretty decisive win, 5-1 for the Kings. Do you know who scored among those five uh, scorers for Los Angeles? Carlson. Uh, probably. He did. He <laughs> okay. was the first player to cross 100 goals for the oh, was he? Vegas okay. franchise. Yeah. The one I was looking at was Nikita Sherback, who Los Angeles picked up from Montreal on waivers last week. Oh, right. <laughs> so Montreal put him on waivers, not really knowing what to do with him, because he really is not a two-way Player. Yeah, and he was out of shape and stuff too, wasn't he? A little bit, yeah. And he was down with an injury, I think, for a while, and that didn't help. But they put him on waivers, and out there he goes. I I hope he does well. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. hope he finds the right place. Yeah. And the right place doesn't look like Montreal. So he got a goal in that game yesterday. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, next game was the Boston-Toronto game. Wow. Uh, I mean, 6-3, that's, it, it was like 5-1, I think, at one point, or maybe 6-1 at one point. I, I think it remember. was uh, 6-1 at one point. Do you think Toronto looked tired? Uh, I felt like they were standing still like a lot and just puck watching. Like they must be watching Montreal and <laughs> learning, get inspired, watching and learning. But they were just doing a lot of standing still yesterday. They they were. Um, there was a there were a few plays that uh, Boston just had the ownership of of the Toronto zone. They were just anywhere they wanted to be. Hmm. Had extended pressure for long periods of time. Uh, they, and they finally, after you've let in five goals, uh, then they decide that they're going to pull Anderson. Yeah, put Sparks and in. And put Sparks in. Uh, really. You've got, what, three or four minutes left in the game. You're going to pull him now so the Boston fans can have even more fun booing yeah. him off the ice. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to be off, but I don't think any goalie wants to come out of the game. But uh, well, I don't know. And Sparks made some pretty good saves once he came in. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Did you see Kadri and Carlo going at it? No, I didn't. <clears throat> no. Um, Neither did anybody else, because oh. if you're watching on CBC, you saw the start of it. Yeah. And then just as it was getting cranked up, they decided to cut to their stupid corner camera. Oh, uh, yeah. So for the next five seconds, while Kadri and Carlo were taking the tar out of each other, all we saw was the back of the referee's jersey. Mm-hmm. That seems typical. Yeah. So uh, well done, CBC. Uh, by the way, Buffalo wasn't much better. Buffalo, <laughs> when uh, when uh, the first goal was scored by Giroux, I think it was Giroux for, Phil- for um, Philadelphia, in the game we just talked about, uh, Eichel had just scored his second goal, making it two nothing. Yeah, and and Rick Chinrat, you know, was going on about how great Eichel was, and it's just great. And then they showed him at the bench. He was sitting on the bench, you know, breathing, spitting, chewing his mouth guard, whatever <laughs> hockey players salts do. Yeah, sniffing salts because apparently you're not excited enough by being paid millions of dollars to play this game. <laughs> you need to give yourself a little extra boost and get a smelling salt going. So yeah. while this was happening, you hear Chinrat, and I'll just paraphrase. Yeah, there's a well-earned rest on the bench after two uh, goals in a short... Uh, goal! <laughs> goal was Giroux scoring yeah. for Philadelphia. While they were still showing Eichel on the bench, Giroux had taken the... He didn't take the face-off, but someone won the face-off back to Giroux, and he, and he uh, roofed it. And this is something that we've complained about forever because we're constantly missing face-offs because they're showing someone in the crowd or on yeah. someone on the bench or whatever. So it's, it's not just CBC. They don't just have the disease. Uh, MSG Network that broadcast Buffalo home games yeah. and was repeated over on our Sportsnet yesterday, they have the disease as well. I thought the TV coverage of the Buffalo game was crap. Hmm. And that was a quick goal right off the face-off. Right off the like face-off. Literally right off the face-off. That's why you need to be covering every face-off exactly. and not be stuck in a damn replay. Exactly. Uh, showing something that happened five minutes ago and then miss the face-off. They don't always happen that quickly, but they can, and yesterday it did. I agree. Uh, the, back to Toronto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Rant mode over. Um, there was uh, a really good hit uh, on, uh, well, Morgan Riley delivered a, 
was it Riley that delivered the the hit on? Uh, I didn't watch much of the Boston McAvoy. Game, to be honest. Uh, no, sorry, it was, uh, it was Hyman. Uh, Hyman delivered a a late hit on McAvoy behind behind the Boston net, and apparently the league standard is zero point six seconds. So just a little over half a second after the release of the puck mm-hmm. from the player about to be hit until the hit happens. If it's about a half a second or less, they consider that too close a time for the oncoming player to change direction or get out of the hit. But anything more than 0.6, then they consider that a late hit. This was 0.9. There was no question that Hyman could have moved Hmm. out of the way and not hit McAvoy, who just came back. This was his second game back after like 20 games off with concussion. And he had just come back and... uh, I don't know if a penalty was assessed in the game, but uh, there was pretty well unanimous comment on TV that there would be a, a phone call. Oh, really? At least, yeah. And maybe a couple games. We'll have to watch the replay then. Yeah, you will. It, it was quite a hit. Um, and then after that happened, of course, other things happened. Uh, um, uh, Grizzlick jumped uh, Hyman and there was stuff. And then when Wagner, Wagner hit Morgan Riley and then Hainsey went after Wagner. And th- so Toronto-Boston, it was pretty chippy. And it was pretty, uh, you know, the gloves were flying a little hmm. bit. And it was a good game to watch. It I was a lot of fun. I have an interesting stat about Toronto-Boston, but I'm going to save it for later. Okay. But I, I really want to say it right now, but I'm going to save it for later. Okay. Uh, how do you think Nylander did? Terrible. No shots on goal again. He, he almost got a point there in the second goal, though. Yeah. Or the third, second or third goal, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say terrible. Put it this way. Terrible compared to all of the uh, breathless expectations that we had this time last weekend. Yeah, I guess. Where they had just signed him at the last minute, and isn't this the most amazing thing, and they've got him, and Kyle Dubas pulled it out at the last minute, and now he's going to be playing probably this week in Buffalo or wherever the game was that he started. And he's clearly not in game mode. He's a little out of shape, I, I feel. The first game, I saw a picture of him sitting on the bench, and his face was almost as wide as Phil Kessel. <laughs> you know, the hot dog machine Phil Kessel? How dare you? No offense. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess I meant offense. <laughs> but he did not look to be... But but I don't think it's necessarily physical conditioning. I think it's a lot of it is is the mental pace of the game and getting that back. Okay. You can be a very physically fit player, and I don't think Nylander is actually, but you can be. Mm-hmm. And if you've come back after a long time being out, let's say you've still been able to do a lot of skating, just maybe no contact. So you're yeah. very, very with it. You can come back and still not be at game pace for a couple of weeks. Yeah, you can practice all you want, but nothing replaces an actual That's game. That's right. So exactly. It's gonna, it is going to take him a couple of games to get back into mm-hmm. the swing of things. Uh, the Ottawa-Pittsburgh game, that was... It felt like a bit like a playoff game. Did it ever. I watched some of that. Ottawa won in overtime. Did you see that little trick, like fake pass from Stone? Oh, that was unbelievable. He looked at the point, but then... The no-look pass for the winning goal. Like, that was impressive. He was coming in, and he looked, and he wasn't even looking Yeah. at Zingle, <laughs> to Zingle. And the pass went in, and boom. Yeah. It was well done. And it was an impressive goal, too, because he was almost below the goal line when he when he shot that. Like, it it yeah. was a nice goal. It was but, re- uh, that was power play. It was four on three power play yeah. in overtime. <laughs> so it it had a little more room to do that kind of thing. Mm. Maybe that wouldn't be possible in a five on four or six on five. That's but, right. But uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, very nice. Goal. Beautiful. Good job on Ottawa to get that big win. Mm-hmm. The next game was the Islanders in Detroit, and the Islanders won three two. Even though Detroit lost that game, I felt like they looked pretty good. I really like the makeup of the Detroit lineup. Uh, I, I love watching Larkin play and Mantha, and it just 
I really like that lineup. I know they're not doing amazing things right now. They had a good week a couple weeks ago. I think they were like eight and two, but I, you can see where the team's kind of going, and mm-hmm. that's that's cool. Did you see the Cronwall hit on Anders Lee? No, I did not. It was beautiful. It was near the boards, but it wasn't into the boards. It was they were both, you know, intersecting with each other along the side of the boards near the players' bench. Yeah, and Cronwall just just obliterated him. Legal hit, uh, no. Initial contact to the head, although the, the head did snap down and come back uh-huh. up again. Uh, of course, a nice legal check, and I've said this a few times, I'm not going to bore the viewers and listeners again with my rant about this, but <laughs> it was a nice legal check that still resulted in an idiot uh, coming in to try to take on uh, yeah. to A take fight, on a fight after a clean hit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bailey decided he would, uh, or no, Larkin went in and Bailey went in, and it was, uh, anyway, it was just foolishness. Hmm. But it was a great hit to start with, and no penalty was issued, and shouldn't have been, so it was well done. I need a room that has like 15 TVs and so I can watch every game at the same time. That'd be nice. Whatever. It'd be an exp- expensive room, but... Check the Patreon link below, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> it'd, it'd take more than Patreon to make that happen. So. <laughs> well, I had, a, I had a, a lottery ticket for Friday night. I haven't checked the numbers yet. Oh. But uh, the, the, the big prize was 60 million dollars uh, that, that'd do it that would do, that'd it. do it although it is canadian money so do you pay taxes on no lottery winnings are tax-free in canada is it the united states that pay taxes i believe so yeah right yeah. i thought it was the other way around but no 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 in- interesting interesting yeah uh the next game was the tampa bay lightning versus colorado tampa bay seven colorado one colorado looked a little bit like toronto they looked tired varlamov wasn't great um tampa bay plays really good at home anyway and their power play is amazing so uh, they they dominated that game for for the most part mckinnon had a very nice goal he uh, did very that quick was, stick, hang, stick handle that was a beautiful goal it was um, but that's all they got that's all they got yeah yeah uh, domingue was the uh, goalie for tampa well i got something to say about him later Ooh, okay <laughs> uh the next game was the rangers in florida game that was just a good old-fashioned hockey game back mm-hmm. and forth uh, someone's got the lead, they lose it, they get it back, they lose it again, goes to overtime. You think there's a goal in overtime, then it goes to the shootout. Uh, that was just an awesome game. I That was a good old-fashioned hockey game. I really liked that one. And that was Luongo against Lundqvist. The two, probably the two oldest goalies in the league. The two oldest and probably highest up the, the, the charts as far as lifetime career wins and things like that go. And really, probably... Even though I, both of them, neither one may win a Stanley Cup, you're likely looking at two eventual Hall of Fame goalies. There. Oh, I, without question, I think you're right there. Yeah. Uh, Washington shut out Columbus, and uh, Columbus was just doing a lot of standing still, just kind of puck watching stuff, leaving guys open. Uh, Braden Holpe got the shutouts. Not, not a, I wouldn't say an easy win, but no, it was based, a, there were some big saves yep. by Corpusalo in that game, and... That could have been uh, that could have been an eight nothing game. Hope he made some good saves too. So they Bobrovsky started the game. He did. They yeah. pulled him after three goals. I I saw two of the three goals on replays. Neither one of those two were anything to do with him. No, it was just like total defensive breakdown. He had no chance. He's he's always put in a position where he has to make like highlight real saves. Yeah, he's not. He's a very good positional goalie, but there are certain teams where like Montreal. As much as I harp on them and, and complain about them and stuff. Defensively, they're a pretty good team. Uh, the Price doesn't usually have to make a lot of highlight reel saves. As long as he plays his good positional self, mm-hmm. things will go fairly well. But Columbus, I've noticed, 
they're always putting their goaltender in situations to make highlight reel saves. They're he, he's having to save a lot of like lateral cross ice quick passes, and he has to get from one post to the other. I noticed that with Columbus, and I don't. I don't know if that's it's not it's not that it's fair or unfair, but mm-hmm. I wonder how how Bobrovsky, who was an amazing goalie for Columbus, would do on a very good defensive team um, if he could just play concentrate on playing the positional style that a goalie does versus yeah. that very good point crazy stuff. Um, but and maybe we'll see that because guys, this is his last year on his contract, so I don't know if he's staying with Columbus or not. We don't know that yet, so mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, San Jose. Beat Arizona 5-3. That was a pretty competitive game. It was. It was closer than the score suggests. When was the last time that you could say that Arizona and San Jose played a competitive game or Arizona was able to compete with San Jose? Mm -hmm. Because San Jose has been a pretty dominant team for the past 15 or so years. Yeah. Uh, But it was the score is 5-3. I think it was tied 3-3 fairly deep into the game. Yeah, that that score wasn't really indicative of how Mm -hmm. close this game actually was. Yeah. Uh, And it... I think it was 3-3 almost to like six minutes left in the third or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty good game. Um, but maybe a bit of a rivalry spark there a little bit. I'm going to be interested to see that next game between the two of those uh, teams. Mm-hmm. Schmaltz looks pretty good with Arizona. He's got six points in six games after that trade. So uh, that's very good news for Arizona. And the last game on the list is the Calgary versus uh, Nashville game. Car- Calgary won 5-2. That's a big confidence win for Calgary. Huge. You take down Nashville, who is fourth in the league. Um, yeah, fourth in the league. Do you know that Calgary is atop of the Western Conference? I do. They talked about it a lot. I watched the entire game. I did it on tape delay uh, first thing this morning. I get up, have my first coffee, and watch mm. the whole game. Very little bit of fast-forwarding. I watched a lot of it because it was that good. Yeah. And the announcers talked a few times about the winner of this game uh, was going to be the Western Conference leader coming out of that. Do you know the last time Calgary was the Western Conference leader? Uh, it was a while ago, probably. Uh, you were six years 1993. old. 1993. You were six years old, yeah. 1993, January. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time time ago. That's a long time, especially when in the first couple of weeks of any season, any team can be the conference leader if they just go on a four or five game win streak. (laughs) Yes. And even that didn't happen to Calgary until now, after after 25 plus years. So Hmm. good for them. Uh, It was a great game to watch. It really, really was. Unfortunately, I missed um, missed that game. Tonight, speaking of Calgary, they are playing tonight against Edmonton. Do you remember what happened the last time Calgary and Edmonton played? Oh, yeah. It was the best game of the season I've probably watched of yeah. any team. And it's, it's on again. It's on TV tonight. It's on TV tonight, and it's not too late. It starts at uh, 10, our time, which is 9 Eastern, I think. So yes, usually I, I, those games start like 11 our time or 11.30 or something mm-hmm. stupid like that. So I will be watching that game, and I will be tired tomorrow for work, but I do not care. I'm going to write the name of the first goal scorer for Calgary on this piece of paper. Kellington? And, and I want you to say his name. Kellington? Wrong. Kylington? Wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You'll never guess this in a million years. Shillington. Shillington. It starts He's, with a K. Starts with a K, but it's Shillington. He's Swedish. Oh. And uh, it's pronounced Shillington. And he got his very first goal ever uh, in that game, and it was a beauty. And then there's another first goal for Calgary uh, for a player that they had just called up from the uh, – 
Stockton Heat, I think Stockton it is. Heat, yeah. Alan Quine, he scored the fourth goal for Calgary. Uh, and it was a beautiful, beautiful goal. Rasmus Anderson came in as a oh, essentially a pinching D. Yes, I saw that. Picked up the puck and up front and boom. That was such a smart play it by Anderson. It was so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It was really well done. That was a great game. Uh, and Calgary was missing Backlund, who's out on a suspension. Or, sorry, Giordano, who's yeah. on a suspension. Because he need Koivu. Need Koivu. Did you see that play? I did. Yeah, and Koivu's not been playing since. Do you know that's the third time that Giordano's need someone? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I think that played a role in his, his suspension. But Wow. So Calgary was missing, and they they still played great. Nashville is missing even more. They didn't start Rene, Rene in that. Like Rene. They started UC Saros, who I thought played a pretty good game, actually. And always usually does. Saros yeah. is one of the best backup goalies in the league. Yeah, he was not, he was not stinking bad in that game. He made yeah. some beautiful saves. The game could have been... Uh, really blown open. Uh, 5-2 is is probably as good as Nashville could have gotten out of that with, mm. with him playing well as he was. But they didn't have Forrest Bird, they didn't have Arvidsson. Subban's been over quite a while now. Yeah. So they're not, you know, going with all their guns, but they still put up a credible, uh, a credible game. But Calgary, I'm very impressed. I'm liking what I see out of Calgary. Again, at the beginning of the year, we didn't really know how to predict Calgary because I think we both, I think we saw the potential there. Mm-hmm. But then for me, it was, I took a look in, into the net and I saw Mike Smith. He's old. He's a very good goalie, always has been, but he hasn't really been consistent his entire career. So I, I personally didn't think that he would be able to continue to hold Calgary in, a, in a, the highest competitive standard where they are right now. But I think that happened because if Riddick stepped in for a while and played so well, when, when Smith was struggling, but now Smith's kind of get, getting his game back. He's he's won, uh, f- I think he won four games this week alone, Smith did, which is awesome. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm, again, happy to see Calgary there. Hard team to predict. I don't regret where I predicted them. I think I had them in eighth or ninth or something like that. Uh, and the season's still young, so you don't know what's going to happen. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm not mad that my prediction's wrong. I would have preferred Calgary to be at the top. I like Calgary, so... There was. Uh, are we done with the NHL uh, for the moment, or or just at least results? Oh uh, yeah, I was just going to go over the games yeah. for today. I had a result from Friday night that I want to talk about, not in the NHL, but in NCAA uh, Division Two hockey in the United States. Okay. Northern Michigan defeated Michigan Tech by a score of five to three. Okay. Okay. One of the goal scorers for Northern Michigan was Addie Tolvanen. Okay. Something special about Addie Tolvanen. Okay. He's a goalie. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I saw the video of that. I don't know if it's on Instagram or Twitter or something, but someone in the crowd had filmed it, and yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I always love when goalies score. Oh, it's the best thing ever. It, it only happens like once every five years, but yeah, and usually it's done with a tool goal advantage because a, oftentimes a goalie won't take that chance of causing yeah. an icing if it's only a one goal differential in the empty net at the other end. Yeah, they won't take the risk. In this case, it was a two goal differential. At the time, the game was four two. And he scored in the empty net to make it 5-2. But then uh, Michigan Tech came back and scored a goal with 12 seconds left or something and made it 5-3. <laughs> so it ended up 5-3, but wow. uh, he got a goal. What, what a great thing. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. All right. Okay. Uh, back to the games for today. Vancouver plays St. Louis. Prediction? Oh, man. These are two teams that are really struggling. Are they in St. Louis or in Vancouver? They're in St. Louis. They're in St. Louis. So I'm just going to bring up my... Uh, Oh, you need assistance? I don't need assistance. I just want to see you the game statistical. schedule. I want to see the game schedule. Go with um, your gut. I think St. Louis wins at home. St. Louis does win at home. That's okay. my pick. Yeah. Philadelphia and Winnipeg? I think uh, Winnipeg wins this. Philadelphia is a very good road team, 
mm-hmm. but I do pick Winnipeg to win this game. Shifley is, Very is on fire at home. Right He's got like 20 points in 14 games or something at home. Uh, Boston and Ottawa. Oh, boy. I hope Boston didn't use all of its mojo last night in Toronto. They're on the, they were home last night. They're on the road today yep. in Ottawa. It's a afternoon game. It's on at 5 p.m. Eastern, so it's 6 o'clock our time. Yep. That's a pretty quick turnaround, but Ottawa played last night, too. They did, and a tough game against Pittsburgh. Yeah, actually, well, Ottawa-Pittsburgh was yesterday afternoon, right? It wasn't that night. It was yeah, in well, the daytime. Still. So they have a few extra hours of rest. I think... I think Boston runs out of gas. I think Ottawa wins this. I'm picking Ottawa as well. Ottawa's a good home team. Yep. Okay. I'm going to pick them. Montreal and Chicago. Well, I've got a Montreal hat on, and you've got a Chicago hat and jersey on, so <laughs> I don't know if that is indicative of anything. Mm. But I really like what, I see, what I'm seeing from Montreal. Uh, they're actually a better road team than they are a home team so far this year. They have a slightly better road record. They're coming off a pretty pretty good couple of games against Ottawa. That's not big competition necessarily. But Ottawa's got a better record than Chicago. Mm. And now they're playing Chicago, which really, really struggled. And they're starting to come around a bit. Montreal is, uh, on paper, the better team. And uh, they're on the road. The pressure's a little bit less on the road. So I'm going to say Montreal. Do you know that Montreal has only won twice in Chicago since 2002? I didn't know that, but I'm not. Keep, it doesn't bother me. You want to keep your answer? Yep. Chicago's on a six-game losing streak. Uh-oh. I will also choose Montreal, <laughs> even though that's against history. Uh, statistically, Montreal should win this game, but historically, Montreal should lose this game. Yeah, that's right, because Montreal is very good at losing games against teams they really should beat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, New Jersey-Anaheim. Wow, that's a long way out to the west for New Jersey, and Anaheim's been playing quite well. I would say Anaheim here. I'm also going to pick Anaheim. Okay. Dallas and Vegas. Dallas and Vegas. Vegas is a tough place to play in if you're if you're the visiting team. Team Mobile Arena is rocking. Wow, um, and they're very evenly matched teams. It's a divisional game. I'm going to say I'm going to say Vegas. I'm also going to say Vegas. All right. In their matchup history, uh, they've only played three times in history. <laughs> I suppose. I guess. Yeah. So, uh, Vegas has won two of those games, so oh. they do have the statistical and historical advantage. Right. And the final game, Calgary versus Edmonton. Calgary-Edmonton. In Edmonton, Calgary's off a pretty high, highfalutin game. Um, I think Edmonton wins this game. Oh, here's the first thing we disagree. <laughs> I think Calgary's going to win this game. I, I, I'm, I'll be cheering for Calgary, but I think Edmonton wins this game. Calgary's on a five-game winning streak. Yeah, but they're in Edmonton. I know. It's, it's a, it, you can't predict. You it's kind of like Toronto-Montreal. It doesn't matter how good Montreal is and how poor Toronto is or vice versa. Toronto's amazing. Montreal sucks. When those two teams play each other, you can't predict it because you don't know what's going to happen. You can't predict anything other than one thing. I know who is going to win this game, the fans. Yeah. They're going to win the game. It's going to be. They're going to be yeah. happy with whatever they paid to get in to watch that. They're going to have their money's worth when they leave. Yeah. Whoever. If, you, if you guys have access to this game tonight, please, please try and watch it. It's going to be an amazing game. All right. That's all I have for the games for today because that's all there is. Next, I want to talk about Seattle. Okay. Now, someone made a comment in one of the videos the day that I think a Jersey video released or something. It said, the big Seattle announcement was today, and you guys don't even release a video on it. You're releasing a video on a Jersey? What's going on? I really hate that we have to like explain this every three weeks or something like that. Listen, I work 10 hours a day. It takes me an hour to get to work. It takes me an hour to get home. That means my days are 12 hours long. We film extra videos on today, on Sundays, which is today, 
other than the podcast, and those get edited and are pre or are scheduled for release on YouTube throughout the week. Yeah. So the videos that you see throughout the week aren't filmed the day of that week. They're filmed on the weekend and then released then. I don't have time to, to come home and film a video on Seattle when they were announced and get it up online. I just don't have the available time to do that. I'm sorry that I can't break news and do that, but I just can't do it. And I'm not breaking – it wasn't breaking news anyway. We all knew it was coming. That was just the official announcement of it. Anyway, I'm not going to apologize, but hopefully you can understand a little bit if you weren't aware of that situation by now. Okay, so uh, no team name announced yet because – I don't think that yeah. I don't know if they've even discussed it. I know that the the group, the ownership group, has registered some domains or something like that. Or if they oh have they yeah. Okay. I think there is eighteen different oh possible things. Interesting. Now that doesn't mean that those eighteen are like it's narrowed down to those eighteen. They just did that just because I guess. But hmm. uh, Metropolitan's is not part of that eighteen. I think it's eighteen. Maybe it's it doesn't matter. It's like it's yeah. under thirty. That's yeah. all I know. Uh, they're gonna. At, their goal is to to pick a team name by this summer, so we should know within, I don't know, six or seven, eight months, something like that. I heard a interview, or a, I guess when Gary Bettman was just doing the news conference, and they asked him about the team name, and he said, "Well, it'll be up to the team to pick the name, but the the league has the final veto. So if the team decides to pick rocking chairs or something, the league can uh, can can I, veto it." I don't think that's right. I I do I do. I, it would only be, let's say, for instance, they wanted to pick um, the Wanderers or something. Would the league want a team to be able to pick a name of a team that existed in the past? Maybe the league is responsible to be the guardian of history there. Just saying. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. I hope they don't choose the Metropolitans just because that's the name of, of a division. And I just don't, I don't. That would be weird. It might be okay if the they played in the division that was also called the Metropolitans, but or the, the Metro Division, whatever. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. They're going to start in the 21-22 season, mainly due to the arena uh, renovations right. and stuff. So. That's right. Unfortunately, we have to wait a couple of years to see them, but um, yeah. Same expansion draft rules. Yes. As Vegas. And the teams that are being picked from, in other words, the other 31 teams in the league, really have an extra year of planning time. Yes, they do. More so than when Vegas was able just to raid them. Yeah. Uh, the teams will have a lot more recent experience with expansion, knowing how it goes. Most of the predictions I've been listening to and seeing talk about how the teams elsewhere in the league are going to be far smarter with who they protect and who they sign and who they don't protect and how they make deals with with uh, Seattle. Yeah. George McPhee made a lot of deals with teams to not pick certain players so they wouldn't have to protect them Mm -hmm. in exchange for higher draft picks or whatever. So Vegas cleaned up. They raided the NHL. You said 31 teams, but it's actually 30 because Vegas is not involved in in this expansion draft. Oh, I didn't know that. They do not have to give up a player. (laughs) Do you think that's fair or unfair? I don't think it's fair because by the time this happens in 2021, uh, Vegas will have been in the league for three years. And uh, well, let me tell you this. All right, this makes it a little better. Okay, the six hundred fifty million Vegas doesn't get any of it. Okay, I'm, I'm cool. So it's a, they don't yeah. get any money, but they don't have to give up a player. So I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that too. All right, 
Um, and then that means Arizona is going to move to the Central Division. What's your thoughts on that? I'm 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 at peace with that, and I'm thinking down the road a little bit. Uh, it may not be great for it for Phoenix, Glendale, where they are physically right now. But I'm I'm operating under the assumption that that league will physically be in the Central Time Zone before too long. Well, I, I think Arizona spends most of their time in the central time zone. Uh, yeah, I think. It's probably fair to say. I would like to see that team move to Houston, Me to too. be honest. <laughs> that, that's what I'm really saying. Yeah, I, th- I thought so. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if you wanted to say or not. But yeah, that's... Uh, at, at the same time, like I, I wouldn't want to see it. I want the team to be successful in Arizona, but I do think that Houston is the better overall market. And has better potential in the future. I do too. And then if if uh, they do make that move five years from now, let's say, it will not trigger any need for a realignment again. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the entire reason yeah. for it. Yep. Yeah. Streaks. Do you know the streaks? Your, it's your favorite word. No, it's not. But I <laughs> and I don't know them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay is on a six-game winning streak. Calgary is on a five-game winning streak. Dallas is on a four-game winning streak. Chicago is on a six-game losing streak. Any other team is either won two games in a row or lost two games in a row. Hmm. Um, my players of the week. Want to take any guesses? Uh, Mike Smith. Uh, I thought about it. Right. I thought about it, but I his numbers, like, although they're very very good, there's someone who has better numbers. Oh, Louis Deming. Okay. Three games played, three wins. 0.957 save percentage, 1.33 goals against average in those three games. Yeah, I'll take it. Not really a hard thing to do when you're playing for Tampa Bay. <laughs> it's yeah. so stacked, but still. Yeah. Uh, he's He hasn't been the best goalie in his career, even for Tampa Bay earlier this season, but he had a really good week, so I just wanted to give a little shout-out there. Cool. My actual player, skater of the week, is uh, Johnny Gaudreau. Four games played, two goals, eight assists, ten points, and he was a plus eight. Oh, wow. A lot of the times when you see these players at the week and stuff with 10 points in four games, they'll be a plus two because they're not that great defensively. Uh, Austin Matthews is a uh, an example of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pavelski the other week was a bit of an example of that, even though I think Pavelski is a pretty good defensive player. Uh, but Johnny Gaudreau is a plus eight, which means that he was not on the ice for many goals against. So good on him. Good on him. Now the old Ryan Reeves hit. On uh, Wilson, what do you want to say about that? I want to say a lot of things, but I don't really need to. I I think that uh, the league has the league players have spoken. After the hit took place, I didn't see it live, but I saw it shortly after it happened because a lot of people hopped on Twitter to uh, happily record and and upload the hit. Uh, I saw people wanting him to be nominated for the Hockey Hall of Fame. for Most Valuable Player, for the Hart Trophy, for all kinds of awards and silverware, just for doing that hit. The, the, I guess the, the interesting contrast was the reaction of some fans who were probably defending Wilson the week before for a very similar encounter, yeah, who are exactly. now whining that it was so unfair yeah. that Wilson had been mugged by Ryan Reeves. Um, it's it's interesting to see the the difference in opinion that's colored by the jersey you have on your yeah, your chest. I agree. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful and totally unnecessary. We got some praise, some praise because we predicted that, or I think oh, it was okay, specifically you predicted that, and I agreed. Uh, but 
in the last podcast, we said it's going to happen. Like gonna someone's going to go out and take out Wilson because it's on the responsibility of the players now because Wilson wasn't suspended for that last hit. Yeah, and he's going to get what's coming to him because that's how the NA, that's how the players are going to treat it because it's in their hands now since the NHL didn't deal with it. That's right. Like they probably should have. One of the players is going to take going to take a run at. Uh, at Wilson, and they did. And they did. And because it was on Wilson, and because of the same, not not because of what we said, but because they have to apply it in the same way they did before, the league did not uh, implement any supplementary discipline yeah. on Reeves, which was entirely appropriate, too. Exactly, yeah. Because you, the, the, the thing that's killing professional sports, whether it's a quarterback sack in football and roughing the passer, this damn new approach to that, or any other sport... Once you lose consistency, you lose respect. Exactly. And the NHL needs to be consistent, at least for this golden eight-day period in time, they've been consistent. They didn't call Wilson? Okay. They didn't. Therefore, they didn't call Reeves? Okay, that makes the Wilson call all right. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. I think he's going to get hit again, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I think someone else is going to do the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. I have some trivia for you. Okay. Currently, who do you think has the best power play in the league? I honestly have no idea. I do know that the team with the most power play time is Nashville. Oh, really? They had more power play minutes than any other team in the league. So you would suspect hmm. that because they have so much time in the power play, on one hand, they would have lots of experience on the power play. But on the other hand, if you scored in the first 10 seconds of every power play you had, you'd have a wonderful power play with not a whole lot of power play time. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know if that stat really works. I have no idea. I would have guessed Tampa Bay. That would have been incorrect. It's All not right. Tampa Bay. It's actually Colorado. Oh. 30.2%. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Don't trip those guys up. I uh, know. Wow. How about the best penalty kill? Who would you guess? I would say... A, a really good defensive team like Nashville or Tampa Bay. I'll, I, I'll say Tampa Bay. I would have guessed Nashville. Yeah. That would have been incorrect. It's okay. not Nashville. All right. It's Arizona. 90.2%. What? 90.2. <laughs> that second place team, I can't forget who it was, but they're at 84%. There's a 6% difference from second to first. What? How does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> uh, how about goals four per game? What team do you think has the most goals four per game on average? It's, Toronto's got to be up there. Toronto's up there. They're not number one, though. Okay. Tampa I, I, Bay. Okay. 3.94 goals per game. Mm-hmm. How about best goals against per game? Typically, this is L.A. every year because of Jonathan Quick, but yes. it's not L.A. this year. Uh, Calgary. Nashville. Nashville. 2.53 oh, wow. goals against per game. Cool. Yep. Yeah. That's all the trivia I have. Yeah. Now we got some interesting stats. Ooh. Braden Holby got his 34th career shutout uh, last night, one shy of who? And that person holds a record for Washington for shutouts. Oh. Uh, Kolzig? <laughs> Olaf Kolzig, yeah. Ah. <laughs> so Braden Holby is very close to uh, getting the record for Washington for that shutouts. That is something yeah. else, yeah. Huge. In 2018, Toronto's record against Boston is 1-6-0. and zero. With 17 goals for and 37 goals against, uh, their penalty penalty kill has been 58.6 percent, and shots on goal differential is a minus 43. So that's home and away. That's like that's uh, that's against Boston. All the games in this year, this calendar year, 2018. 
So if that's oh, games okay. from last season and games from this Got season. It. Okay. One, six, and zero. <laughs> Toronto struggles against Boston recently. Do they ever? And they were talking about some uh, record that Toronto had in the TD Garden. And it's a similar record. Like going back to yeah. three or four years ago, it was one, six, and zero, or one, or like they've, they've been, they've done terribly going back into the playoffs. They just can't beat them in Boston there or something. No, I don't know what it is. Um, the Boston Anthem. Remember it was, uh, uh, Rene Rancourt for years, right? Yep. The older guy, this new Anthem, um, big portly guy, two or three chins. And he's a, not, not an opera singer, but sometimes they have the opera singer, you know, where the, the tie comes undone when they're in that last note, yeah, almost yeah. like on those cartoons. But this guy's a big guy. At the end, he did a great job on both anthems, but at the end, he did the pointing in the crowd and the fist oh, thing no. and the pointing in the crowd and the fist thing. Not the same theatrical way as Rancourt used to do it, but but bad enough. Oh, goodness. So it was unfortunate, but eh, whatever. All right, next stat. This person scored his 389th career even-strength goal, passing Joe Sackick for 21st on the all-time list. Who was it? I have no idea. Ovechkin. Oh, right. Yeah. So he, he's just passing Sackick now. He is, on even-strength goals. Okay. That's, that's just even-strength even okay. goals. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to discuss? Um, about hockey? Not a great deal. I did want to pay a bit of homage to yesterday's Army-Navy game. Oh, that was yesterday? It was yesterday. Dang, I missed it. Army won, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a pretty close game. Army was ahead of Navy uh, all all game long. And at one point it was, uh, well, it was down to it, like within a touchdown. But then Navy, they had uh, a really nice pass that would, would have virtually tied the game seventeen mm-hmm. seventeen against Army. But it was intercepted. Intercepted, yeah. And and then it came back and Navy did end up with an onside kick that they were hoping to recover and maybe get a score off of, but Army recovered that onside kick as well. So it ended seventeen ten Army. Uh but it was it was all right. Hmm. It was okay. And Army's got a real good team this year. They're like ten and two or something yeah, yeah. this year. And Navy's struggling. They're about a fifty fifty record. Army's going on to a bowl game, and Navy's basically done now. It's the last game for them. Yeah, I figured Army's going to win that game, but dang. Yeah. Anyway, it was nice. We, we like Navy. We yeah, like Navy. So. We like Navy. Thanks, Leslie. Um, but I always liked Navy. Mm. Uh, Navy has pilots. Army <laughs> does too. But, you know, pilots in the Army are mostly helicopter pilots. They have some fixed wing. But yeah. Navy, because of the aircraft carriers, they have uh, they have cooler planes. And we live on the coast, so. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a bit of a Navy tradition in our family a little yeah. bit because we have a, a cousin who uh, recently retired from the Navy in Canada. That's right. Yeah, he was a bosun. Uh, anything else to discuss? Um, no. I have one final thing. All right. It's on this jump drive here or this USB stick or whatever. It's All a right. question from a viewer. Oh, okay. We have one. I forgot to give it to you prior to this podcast, so you have to plug that in now, and then I'll just cut to the question. Hey, guys. It's Gage. I'm back. I've actually got two questions for you this week. The first of which being the Florida Panthers uh, in preseason this year actually put out five forwards on the power play. Do you think this is a strategy that more teams should try to implore? And my second question is, I grew up in the 2000s, and I was just interested to see who was the player for you guys that interested you the most in the 2000s. For me, it was Pavel Datsuk. I loved watching Pavel play. I thought he was an amazing player. Thanks, guys. 
All right, two very good questions, Gage. Thank you very much for sending that in. That's that's awesome. Uh, your first question was about our, our thoughts on teams using five forwards on a power play. Uh, what's your feelings on this? I'm okay with it. We see a lot of teams using four. We do, and that's my preferred method. I I would say no against the five forwards and four forwards, one defenseman. We see a lot of teams uh, do that. Tampa Bay does that every so often. Uh, I've seen Nashville do it. Uh, Montreal does it every now and they then. They always put Drouin back yeah. on one of the points. Uh, Toronto does it every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I think Pittsburgh is another team <clears throat> that does it quite a bit. Yeah. Five, I'd be okay with it. I'd try anything if things weren't working. But if my power play was decent, mm-hmm. uh, I would probably just leave things alone. I do believe in one forward extra, perhaps. But uh, it really, and it would depend on the circumstances. If my team is already ahead by three goals or more, I'm more likely to try an experiment with five forwards because if something yeah. does go wrong, then you, you haven't bl- blown the whole game over yeah. that. But uh, normally if it's a close game, I would probably be a little more traditional. I would too. And like, like you said, it kind of depends on who you're playing. For me, if I'm playing a really slow team, like, I don't know, maybe, I'm, I was going to say LA. LA is not really this slow team like they were before. I don't know. Just if you're playing a slow team, I'd probably put, I'd probably try five forwards. Because if you do make a mistake, chances are that forwards are usually pretty quick players, mm-hmm. so they'll be able to backtrack pretty quick. Uh, if you're playing a very fast team, I'd probably use no forwards and just use the traditional uh, 2D, 3, three forwards. Um, Buffalo's and, another team that does that as well. And I would probably be more risky with that if I was the home team and had the last change. Right. So I could see what the other team was doing. If they didn't have any Paul Byrons out there or whatever, then I could maybe take a chance. But yeah. if I'm on the road and someone's going to see my five forwards and then respond to that... I'm probably taking a big risk. Yeah. And it also might depend on what period you're in, too, and how close you are to your bench. Yeah. Um, so you, you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Second Inter- period is risky. Interesting question. Yeah, very good question, yeah, Gage. Question. Yeah. Uh, your second one was about players in the 2000s, and uh, that's kind of when I grew up as well. Uh, watched a lot of hockey. We saw big rivalries like Detroit and Colorado and and uh, Dallas had some some great rivalries in those years too. So, uh, speaking of Dallas, I really like watching Medano, um, and also that was the kind of the time frame where the Sedin twins entered the league and really started. Like that was a pretty that's a pretty special thing. We've seen brothers play in the in, in the in the NHL even back in your day. Brothers used to play together, but mm-hmm. literal twins yeah. on the same line of the same <laughs> team. It's uh, I, th- I always thought that was really cool. Uh, Mark Recchi. That's kind of the time that he started to bounce around the league quite a bit, so I always used to follow him um, as closely as I could. Joe Thornton, he's always a player that I watched a lot, but if I had to pick one player, it'd be Patrick Marlowe. Patrick Marlowe was was always one of my favorite players, still is, unfortunately plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, but that's right, yeah. I've always really liked Patrick Marlowe, super soft-spoken, nice guy off the ice and does a lot for his community and uh, does a lot for his family too. He's got an entire rink built in in Toronto there where he lives uh, behind his house, so... Yeah, I really like Patrick Marlowe, so for me, maybe Marlowe. Cool. Uh, in my case, I was really only following one team throughout the 2000s, uh, in the NHL at least, and uh, that would be Montreal. So my most watched or most interesting player would be a Canadian by by that standing. And uh, Koivu's final half of his Montreal career was in the earlier 2000s, and I've always had tremendous respect for him. But I think the the player that was with the Canadians the entire decade and, and in a distinguished way, was Andre Markov. Yeah, Markov. And I really, really like his play. Uh, he's a low-risk defenseman, uh, big guy, quiet, 
but delivers a tremendous shot. He had some uh, seasons when he was over 50 points. Mm. A lot of them were assists. The breakout pass was great for him, but he had the cannon back at the blue line for power plays too when he needed it. Just all-around player for that whole whole period of the decades, or a whole period of, of the 2000s, I would say Markov. Although there were other players, like Kovalev would play maybe two years with Montreal during that decade, yeah. that I thought was an exciting player to watch. They called him the artiste. Yeah. And uh, he was something else. A lot a lot like Kokanyemi is now as yeah. far as the things he can do with the puck. Uh, so there were flashes of brilliance among other players back then, but uh, I think overall Markov would be my steady guy. Do you remember when Doug Gilmore played for Montreal? I sure do. <laughs> Wasn't that weird? <clears throat> it was weird. Yeah. It's kind of like seeing Domi on, from Montreal now. Yeah. Different Domi, but... And this has happened over the years. For a while, uh, Frank Mahovlich, who, who I remember as a Montreal Canadian, played several years with Toronto. And we had many players that, not many, but quite a few that would go back and forth. Darcy Tucker's another example. Yep. The player who started with Montreal and then went to Toronto. Uh, Placanix is another example. Uh, Shane Corson. Corson. Well. Uh, Hainsey, I think, played yeah. with Toronto for a while. He still does. Uh, yeah, and but then there was uh, Hal Gill. Hal Gill's Hal Gill, the that, old... That played with both. The old lay-down master Hal Gill. Hal, Hal Gill, the, the, uh, the, the pylon. <laughs> He's eight feet tall, and he lays down and puts a stick out, and that and his stick's seven feet tall. <laughs> so you got about 16 feet there blocking the net. But it's really hard, and I think that must be for every team. If you're a, uh, a Pittsburgh fan and you get somebody from Philadelphia... Or you're a Rangers yeah. fan and you get someone from Boston. Uh, it, it must be difficult to warm up to that player. I'm a lot more good at it now than I ever was because players move so much these days. Yeah. And and you look at some experience, experiments that turned out really, really well when a player did make that move. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm cool with that. One of the biggest weirdest, the, like the, I don't know, it's not it's not weird because he's, he's fitting in pretty well right now, but uh, Ryan Miller, who played most of his career with Buffalo, mm-hmm. I always find it so strange to see him in a different jersey. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I like I like what he's doing now. I like his position, but I still, like in me, like mentally, when I think Ryan Miller, I think Buffalo. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, think, I think there are some other players who yeah, probably similar to that as well. But. Cool. My last item, yep. uh, for, for me anyway, is my weekly look at who would be playing who in the playoffs if the playoffs oh, were yes. to start today. And right now, in advance of any of today's games taking place, and they may juggle these a little bit, I think you'll find that the standings didn't change a lot from last week, and the matchups would be very similar. Uh, Tampa Bay would play Montreal this time, though. That would be. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Pretty overpowering. Tampa Bay is just—they're—they're they're in a different league altogether. It's, I don't like. They'll be down four nothing in a game and come back and win. It's just stupid. Yeah. They've got forty-seven points. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Toronto would play Buffalo, which I think would be really uh, fun to watch because Buffalo is so exciting, and so is Toronto. They're both exciting teams. Uh, it would be high-scoring affairs, very close to each other physically, geographically, not big long road trips. A lot of Toronto fans would find their way into the Boston Arena, uh, probably not the other way around, but or uh, Buffalo Arena, rather. Not the other way around, though. No, <laughs> no, not the other way around. <laughs> uh, Washington would play Boston. That would be, I think, a very... I think Washington would win that series, but I think it would be a very physical, hard-hitting, close. I think every game would be really tight. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And I think a lot of the Washington players would have to uh, have their best equipment on. Yeah. Especially in the lower body area. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Mar- until Marchand gets suspended. Um, or Wilson. Yeah, or Wilson. Uh, Columbus would play the Islanders. 
Perception. I probably wouldn't watch much of that series. To no, be me neither. Just because there's so many other yeah. great series <laughs> happening. In the West, Calgary would play Vegas. Oh, that'd be pretty good. You know, James Neal. Uh, yeah, throwback. I didn't mention that when we were talking about the Calgary game, but he's yet to really catch fire in Calgary. Yeah, he hasn't done much. It's unfortunate because he's been very consistently good right up until the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, is it, you know, is it up here? Is, is it, is it a know. mental thing? Is it a system thing where he's in a, he's, he's got all, he, he can't have a whole lot less talent than he had nine months ago, mm. but he's just not clicking. Can't explain it. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, I think most of the people I hear talking about it are quite optimistic. It's just a matter of finding his stride and yep. he'll, he'll be around. He's getting close. He's getting some looks. He's getting some, uh, I don't know if he, all the way to goalposts, but he's getting some chances. So it'll come. Uh, San Jose would play Anaheim. I think that's the same as last week. Yeah, I remember two California. Yeah, it must have been San Jose and Anaheim. Yeah. LA's out. So. Nashville and Dallas. That's the same as last week too. I think, I think so. And Colorado and Winnipeg, which I believe is also that was the same, the same. as last yeah. week. So I think the West is lined up fairly closely to what it would be last week. Hmm. So we'll see you next week. Interesting. Yeah. That's all you got? It is. All right, that's all I got too. Uh, we are going to film some more videos right now, which you'll see coming up this week. One of them is going to be the 15 worst goalies in NHL history. We'll go, we'll go over a few of those, uh, some funny names in there. We're going to talk about if Europe had an NHL division. Oh. What cities in Europe would qualify or be picked as a host city for an NHL team if NHL ever did get to Europe just for fun, right? Like, we're not serious about this. It's not going to happen anytime soon in the next 20 years just for fun. It's a good conversation. So keep an eye out for that video. Uh, We're going to do another Where Am I Downtown edition on more Post to Post, our second channel. If you like geography, if you like trivia, if you want to have some fun, go subscribe to our second channel and check out that video coming uh, mid this week. And if we have time to film more tonight, uh, we we hopefully will. I'm going to try and talk you into that later, see how it goes in between periods. Because uh, I'd like to film European flags ranked. Uh, there's, it's, I don't know, it's been, it was so widely requested. Really? We have to do it. I've done it. I have them ranked. It's just a matter of filming the video. And it's not really something I'm hugely passionate about. There's only like three that I like. And the rest is like a wash, but anyway, <laughs> I, I did it, so we need to film it. Uh, anyway, so, and there's another where am I that I'd like to get done, possibly. And that's about it. Oh, that's about it. That should be fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. put in for overtime. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of your contract. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, for watching or listening. If you are watching on YouTube and you're not subscribed, if you could go down and hit the, hit the subscribe button, that would be awesome. Like this video down below by hitting the like button. Uh, leave us a view on, or leave us a review, sorry, on iTunes, uh, Google Play. And we are on Spotify now. Did you know that? I did not we, know that. We are on Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. How do we do that? How do you get on Spotify? Just did it. You just log on and upload and you're there. I applied and it, was got, it got accepted and stuff and... Wow. Yeah. So do people have to pay to get us now? Or? No. Okay. No. Uh, I mean, I have to pay Spotify if they want a premium account. I don't have Spotify, so I don't know what... I, I, don't, I don't know. know if it's free. I think it's free for... If you want to listen to us. I think I think it's free. I don't know. We don't get any money from it. I know that. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're on Spotify now, so uh, if you'd like to check that out, that would be awesome. SoundCloud is another one that people have requested us to get on. Oh, yeah. Um, haven't gone through the paces there yet to get that on there, but... Anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hope you had a good week watching hockey. Hope you had a good weekend watching hockey. 
and I hope you watch that Calgary-Edmonton game tonight because it's going to be awesome. All right, take care. We'll see you next time. Adios.